Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today, we are going to talk about 101 Dalmatians. We're going to talk about the 1961 film, and we're going to kind of talk about the 1996 film, but we don't have a lot of good things to say about that one. (laughs) No, we really, we do not have much good to say about it at all, so we thought we'd just focus on the good one instead of the terrible one. My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a five-year-old boy. And I am Briar Harvey, and I am the mom of an 18-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a two-year-old, although I think by the time this one comes out, I'm going to have a nine-year-old and a three-year-old, which I don't really like the sound of. (laughs) Those sound like two tough ages. You know, know? nine is actually pretty good. Nine is fun. I like from about six to ten. They're, you Mm -hmm. know, they're little assholes, but they're reasonable assholes relatively. Mm -hmm. You can have conversations. They're less emotional. Right. And and they're fun. Like, they Mm -hmm. want to do things with you. You're still cool. So it's great. Three, however. (laughs) I, I, I could take or leave three. I loved three. My son was an awesome three year old. We were like best friends. It was like four. Four is when it all... You know, it, 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 <laughs> it, 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 it's really... I, I think it depends on the kid. Honestly. Oh, absolutely. Some of yeah. them... Some yeah. of them, and they all have their ages and stages where it's <laughs> great for a while. And then you go, who are you? What have you done with my kid? And can I drop you off somewhere <laughs> while they will take you? Yeah. And not, you know, press charges? Because yeah. I'd like to know if that's an option. Right, right. <laughs> I live in Nebraska, where briefly, for a time, it was an option. And oh, people was it one drove of those? here, yeah. like, out of state, because there was a weird thing in the law when we made a safe haven law, uh-huh. and it apparently didn't have an age on it. Right, and yeah, so I remember that. People were driving here from out of state yeah. to abandon their, like, teenage children. It yes. was It was quite a thing. We yeah. fixed it fairly quickly. <laughs> All right, so I guess we should start off by talking about um, this is our first outing with the benefit of Disney Plus. Oh, right, right, right. right. Disney so, Plus. We have to. We do actually have to have a brief conversation about yeah. Disney Plus. So there's some good things about Disney Plus. I like that they're putting the warnings on the movies. I like what the the warnings are specifically about, too. Mm -hmm. And for this film, both versions, it was tobacco usage. Depicts tobacco usage. I like that, like, I like that Disney tells me that. Mm -hmm. Because, especially when you're getting into historical Disney, they left most of, I I don't think Song of the South is on there, but they've left a lot of the stuff. I can't. I wonder why. (laughs) I wonder why. We didn't, we didn't feel like. Yeah. Well done, Disney. Sometimes they manage to put half a thought into their heads about something, but... (laughs) So I like that they warn you that these, like, some of the things will still be in there that had previously been removed from versions that were available. Um, Nothing to worry about in this one. It's just depictions of tobacco use and some outdated morals. (laughs) (laughs) You know, surprisingly, I'd say the morals are more outdated. 
outdated in the live version yes. than they are in the animated version. Which, yeah. considering we're talking a 30-year mm-hmm. gap, that is <laughs> yeah. really 35, 35 yeah. years. Um, but one thing that's interesting about this on Disney+, Plus, and now you said you didn't have this problem still, but I definitely did, and I had the problem, and I thought maybe when you said that, it was just, like, the device that you're using to access it because you have different interfaces, and that uh-huh. might actually be why. But no, because I did it on a Roku, and I did it on a downstairs, like, Android-enabled TV. So, downstairs. It's downstairs. It's in my living room. <laughs> you know, our down, you know, the downstairs TV. No, I mean, I, I, I got it on a Roku and I got it on Android TV. And I had the same problem on both where if you type in the numbers 101 on Disney Plus, you only got the 1996 live action version. And then all the weird sequels, the cartoon sequels you get with 101. But you have to type in 101. To get and I did not have this the animated problem version. on my Roku, which is yeah. interesting because I checked it on my Roku too, That's my funny. Roku and on my computer. Yeah, which because my computer is a thirty-two inch flat screen. Yeah, monitor. My monitor is because I'm blind and I can you know <laughs> use it as a split screen. I love it, but I did not have this problem. Yeah, in fact, I when I typed in one oh one, I got all the. Dalmatians, including the 101 and the 102. Yeah. With Glen. Yeah. We're not talking about that one at all. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Weird thing. If you can't find it on your Spell it Disney out. Plus, just try different ways. Um, I thought it was interesting that um, for the 1961 version, the title card in the movie is 101 spelled out. Um, but the little logo that they use for everything is in Disney Plus is 101. So, like, I don't know where what the continuity here is. Well, I think the 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 material it was based off of the book is the 101 mm-hmm. spelled out. So, and in fact, in the Library of Congress, it would make a distinct difference oh, in it? terms of the book if it was the numerals versus the mm-hmm. words spelled out. So <laughs> that may be continuity-wise why mm-hmm. they did this weirdness with the films because it seems to bounce around weird too. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. But like in this day and age, there's absolutely the ability to attach both versions of the spelling, um, right? So like why? indexes and stuff for searchable reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason not to be able to search it as 101 and 101. I mean, I'm trying out a new software right now that will remind you if you've spelled something wrong. Is this actually the tag mm-hmm. you want to be using instead? Surely we've got our shit together yeah. enough to be able to figure out 101 in the number of ways that it turns up. Come on. <laughs> right. So, just a quick note, if you're trying to find it on Disney+, Plus, spell it different ways. I thought it was funny, too, while I was searching on Disney+, Plus when I would type in 1, the first thing that would come up is Cinderella, and then i type in 1-0, and it was still the first thing is Cinderella. I'm like, well, that's strange. I really want to know what they're like. Where does Cinderella come in here? I have no idea. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I want to know. Like, and But that's just, like, the person, the side of me that, like... 
does database work? Like, yeah, I just right. want to know like, where the where is that where coming is from? this database <laughs> prompt coming in exactly? Yeah. Okay, so we have um, the nineteen sixty one version, ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't check what the 1996 version was on Rotten Tomatoes. Any thoughts? I'm sure it's bad. Let's, shall we take a quick poll while yes. we Google it? What do you think it is? I think it's 62%. I think that may be high. All right, let's give it a, I'm, no, I can't even give it like a 48. I don't think it's going to be above 50%. <laughs> Okay, 101 Dalmatians, Glen Close, dun 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 dun. Oh, 42% Oh, uh, you, what did you guess? 48. Oh, uh, you went over. I, I went a you little lose. high. I went a little high. <laughs> you lose reviews. by prices Right rules. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still over. Yeah. <laughs> I had prices right stuck in my head for like and now you've now you've just fixed it there. You're welcome. Now I'm going to have that music <laughs> stuck in my head for days. It's all your fault. Okay. Um I think we talked about this during Sleeping Beauty about how it was a bomb and it like yeah. really hurt Disney animation. The success of the 1961 version of this the animated film helped Disney recover from that slump from D- Sleeping Beauty. It was re-released in 1991. I remember this very, like, this was formative for me. I remember this being in the theaters in 1991. I would have been nine. Um, And it was the 20th highest grossing film of that year. And for my birthday that year, I got a stuffed animal of Lucky. So I had a stuffed Lucky. I had a stuffed Pongo. I had a stuffed Rolly. Rolly was amazing because there were these little tucks. Yes. (laughs) Man, the toys of the late 80s, <laughs> early 90s, there really, there was nothing like it. How many yeah. trolls did you have? Oh my gosh, I remember very vividly that I had one that I bought on vacation in Philadelphia off of, um, there's that one really cool street for shopping in Philadelphia, and I can't think of what it is right now, but it's like noteworthy, the name of it. And the people from Philadelphia are like screaming at me right now, because like I'm <laughs> such an idiot for not knowing what it is. But um it was from like a really quirky shop on that street and it was a troll in like a full astronaut outfit oh fantastic it was the coolest troll <laughs> that's but, yeah, fantastic tons of them that that put my rainbow hair troll with the jewel <laughs> in its belly there was there was the 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 leprechaun troll too like yeah. i remember I would fully support a comeback of Trolls. I really would, too. I feel like it's ripe for, like, the blind bag movement, right? (laughs) It should be. Right? That would be amazing. And I feel like like, the movie Trolls didn't capitalize on that. No, I don't understand why we didn't have all that great merch. And and there's the TV show now. Mm -hmm. There's a second one coming out. So, basically, here's what we're saying. People need to start hiring Sarah and I to be responsible <laughs> for merch idea generation because, clearly, we have thoughts on all of these <laughs> subjects when it comes to the appropriate merchandise you should have. 
<laughs> so I'm this my voice over this. The nineteen sixty one version is the first ever Disney animation um, film to be set in a contemporary setting. I guess that's true. They were all like fairy tales. Fairy tales prior mm-hmm. to that. Man, the animation in the nineteen sixty one version it's so, so good. So good. And my husband was bitching about me watching these movies because when I signed up for Disney Plus, it was deliberately with the intention of like, mm-hmm. I have to watch 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but there's so much other good shit. I know. And, I know, and we watched a couple of shorts. Yeah. But then I had to watch 101 Dalmatians. He's like, this one is one of the most boring movies ever. Oh my God. I was like, I, like, fell back in love with this movie and watching it over the last couple of days. Uh-huh. I love this movie. Uh-huh. It's beautifully rendered. The story is simple to the point of... Man, I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for here, but it's so elegant. Yeah. It's just... I mean, because relatively, in both of these movies, mm-hmm. you have meat cute, mm-hmm. you have puppies, mm-hmm. you have puppies get stolen, then the midnight bark, then mm-hmm. we save the puppies, and then we go home. This is... That's, it's, not a t- it's not a complicated story. That's the story. That's mm-hmm. it. And it's really, honestly, not that different except for, you know, places where it's very different between the Mm -hmm. two versions, but it's a simple story. And I do, I like how easy it is to tell, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many things you can do with it in terms of retelling it over and over and over again. And it doesn't meander at all, the 1961 version. Mm -mm. It's a straight line. And it's a pretty line. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's... All right. Let's get to the talking of it. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with cast. We'll start okay. with the animated version. We have Rod Taylor as Pongo, which was really... I think he was great in this yeah, movie. Yeah. I... And I think this is my biggest issue... Beyond, oh, yeah. like, the outdatedness of the 1996 version, the fact that the animals don't talk, you Why? lose you lose all the humanity. Right. You know, like, of Which the story. Which is, yeah, very ironic. We realize what we're saying here, but <laughs> what makes the animated version so amazing is the interplay the dogs have with each mm-hmm. other, with the other animals, and with their pets and i love that language Mm -hmm. honestly that the humans are pets and they are secondary in this story Mm -hmm. right so we have rod taylor who is possibly best known for well probably this but also um the birds okay yeah he was is he the one that was offered the role of James yeah. Bond, turned it down, and regretted it for the rest of his yeah, life? I'm, I'm pretty sure that was Rod Taylor. Because I can't see my notion as being a jerk at the moment and it's not showing me my notes. Yes, that was, was approached with and turned down the role of James Bond. And that was probably an error. Yeah. <laughs> 
It made Sean Connery's career, though. Roger Moore's career. Right, right. Pierce Brosnan kind of had a career before Bond, but Bond certainly made his They make them names, for sure. Yeah. You know. And then we have Kate Bauer as Perdita. Um... I did not find any other significant references. I only found one other credit for her, and it was one episode of a TV show. Yeah. This was, you know, and it's tough with the older Disney because some of them are noteworthy names, some of them are not, and there is no rhyme or reason with Mm -hmm. these things. I still. Mm -hmm. So, Betty Lou Gerson, who is pretty noteworthy in Disneyland, right? She She is a Disney legend. Um, uh, the official title Disney legend right. as of 1996 for this role. We've talked about what a Disney legend is before. Right. Like, it's an actual title bestowed on actors and actresses by the Disney Corporation. She was... Um, and I think she probably got this role because she was screwed over in Cinderella mm-hmm. as the narrator as an uncredited role. Oh, okay. So, I think they gave her this, and yeah, this certainly made her a lot of money, I'm sure. The residuals from this film back in the day when residuals mattered. I have to say, I understand, so there's like a whole cult of Disney around the Disney villains. Like, Disney villains are huge money makers for Disney right now. Everybody mm-hmm. loves villains. Like, everybody is frothing at the mouth and hoping that Disney's next park is, like, villain-themed and, like, villains are hot right now. I can understand the love of so many of the villains, but Cruella de Vil is an awful, terrible, evil person. There is no redeeming quality to her. Nope. She literally wants to steal, kill, and skin puppies to make a coat. She's a crazy, irredeemable character. Well, <laughs> she's literally named Cruel Devil. Yeah, it, it took me so long to figure that out. <laughs> like, I think I just figured it out on the second watching today because it's on her license plate. And right. so it's like right in your face that it's devil. It's, and she yeah. lives at Hell Hall or she doesn't, she her lives, family estate mm-hmm. is Hell Hall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all very neatly laid out <laughs> for you. And there isn't anything, rede- like, you know, we talk about We've talked about Cinderella, and we've talked about, you know, Maleficent in particular, how she was, as a character, maligned in that film Mm -hmm. in ways that we don't really get until the live action. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing redeeming Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. Cruella de Vil. She's literally skinning dogs. And I thought the live action would, like, make a bigger deal of that and really talk about the cruelty so we get the skinned siberian tiger right but then we don't go the other way and spay or neuter any of the fucking dogs like i don't understand (laughs) if we're gonna talk about animal cruelty maybe we should talk but really the most important question of the live action version which i will probably harp on at length 
Where the hell did they get the money for the big house at the end? The video okay. game did not make that much money. I'm I have sorry. Thoughts, I have thoughts on that. So when you're ready to talk about it in context okay. here, I am going to talk to you about it in context. Um, one of the issues I have is why the hell Anita is friends with Cruella in the cartoon version. They're like old school chums. Right. But like, just cut yourself off from this evil woman. She's a terrible nuisance. Well, I mean, considering the time, what does school chum even mean for a woman in 1961 who likely didn't go to college even? Right, like boarding school? Boarding school, I guess. I have to imagine Cruella DeVille went to boarding school because, like, she seems like... seems (laughs) logical. And, and but still, like yeah, what? Where's the the allegiance to this woman in any way other than you shared a dormitory with her? I don't, I don't understand. She's awful. Either. Okay, Ben Wright. Did we have anything else for him? He is. He is Herr Zeller in The Sound of Music, one of the Nazis. Oh, he's also all over um, Disney. Disney and um, TV. He was a lot of that guy. One episode show like appearances. Except on the Outer Limits, he did a bunch of aliens, and he's on some Twilight Zone episodes of some relative renown. But I'd have to figure out which one it is, and only but Twilight he also Zone voices. people will care. <laughs> Literally only Twilight Zone people (laughs) will care. Okay, go ahead. He also voices the wolf father, like Mowgli, 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 wolf father in the Jungle Book, and he is Grimsby in The Little Mermaid. Who's Grimsby? Is he one of the sailors or something? I don't... I can't remember. But anyways, he's in The Little Mermaid, too. Yeah, I got nothing for you. (laughs) And then, do we have any... Okay, you have a couple more noteworthies here. Thurl Ravenscroft. It's probably my favorite name ever. Like... He is the guy, and this always blows my mind, that a guy with a name that cool, he is the guy who sings You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Okay. Isn't that so fitting that that song is sung by a guy named Thurl Ravenscroft? Thurl Ravenscroft. (laughs) I mean, really, it doesn't doesn't get much better than that. He plays the horse. Yep. Also, Um, Tony the Tiger. And he's Tony the Tiger, yeah. But in this, he's the horse, the captain. Um, And for anybody out there who's a true Disney nerd, um, he is one of the singing busts in the Haunted Mansion. Okay, but I love that Disnerds is a word. It is, yeah. You, you attach Diz to anything and it becomes a word. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm going to allow it. Diz-to-gram? I don't know. That's probably not a word. <laughs> it is now! Well, all right. Um, and then Mimi Gibson, who voices Lucky. She was a childhood actor i wouldn't really call her a star she was a childhood actor who um in 1999 as an adult she is one of the people that testified for the um the on behalf of the statutory protection of child actors earnings because her family blew her money okay well that's pretty common for the time so yes 
Thanks, Mimi. Um, not that those protections apply to YouTube child actors, unless Which you're we've in talked the state about. of yeah. California. Yeah. We have talked about this briefly, but it's something we continue to push on. Yeah. Because there is not similar protections for children in other states in the country. Because that is not a federal law, that's just a California law. In New York State, you are required to set up a um, special bank account for your child if they're going to do any kind of um, work work. Like, uh, you know, and I guess like it would make childhood sense modeling, that kind of stuff. I, I don't, I can't remember the specifics, but you are required to start. It would make sense that New York State would also right. have similar protections. With Broadway being what it right. is. And but the other 48 yeah, basically <laughs> do not have these kinds of protections. And it's a real problem with the internet and our ability to sell images of our children. But that's right. perhaps a rant for a different time. Right, right. <laughs> okay. Um... Then a lot of uh, people who may be noteworthy, but not necessarily to us in this time, I think. No, I think there were some fairly big names at the time because they were starting to bring in, and, and, and I apologize if we've maligned anyone. <laughs> yeah. So then the live action version. We obviously have Glenn Close as Cruella. I think that's perfect casting. I, like, uh, she really did a good job. As much as I job. hate that movie, she's she, she is did that a good character. job. And apparently Emma Stone is playing Cruella de Vil in, in the new version the they're one? making. I'm not No, she's sure. cast in it. It's being released in 2021. It was yeah, originally supposed to come out list. in December of this year, but it's been bumped to March or something, 2021. Well, and the new live actions are crap. Yeah, I, I mean, really wish they would stop making them. I mean, I don't <laughs> think we have to keep saying that because we've said it a ton of times. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna have to keep saying it. We haven't done we haven't done Aladdin yet. No, nope. we haven't done Dumbo the Jungle yet. Book. We we've we're missing out on quite a mm. few here. We're gonna no, we'll have to keep saying it. It just kind of <laughs> it feels like we'll have to keep saying it. So we have Jeff Daniels as Roger and Jolie Richardson as Anita. We have Joan Plowright as Nanny. Do we need to like? I, I mean, these are relatively people who work in things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no surprises in this cast. I think is the important thing to note here. No. <clears throat> The only really high note for me, honestly, was Hugh Laurie as Jasper, because at least he was funny. Like, right. And Which brings up our overarching thought on yeah. the live-action 101 Dalmatians, is that it's essentially Disney's take on Home Alone. With dogs. With dogs. It's Home Alone with dogs. That's that's what this movie is. Mm -hmm. And ironically, while we liked Home Alone, or maybe we just have holiday nostalgia <laughs> about Home Alone, we do not care for this version yeah. of this movie. And aside from the Home Aloneness of it all, my biggest fucking complaint is the sheer and utter absence of Sergeant Tibbs. Yeah. Because, damn it, he deserved better than that. He, and we'll get to it when we talk about the plot. 
But, like, without Sergeant Tibbs, Sergeant Tibbs is the cat in the barn with Captain Horse and what's the um, major yes, or something like that? Major. Um, without Sergeant Tibbs, the, the puppies don't get rescued. No. End of story. No. <laughs> No, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. And we just left him out and I can't, and what I can't figure out is why. I mean, it was nine, we, we've done live action with cats before. I right. seem to recall any number of terrible Garfield adaptations. Right, and there is a cat in the movie. But like, it's one of the, the random animals. Yeah. Like, over there. Like, he, they, they, they didn't even use Sergeant yeah. Tibbs. They sent some other dog off. Yeah, so. I'm, not, I'm not a fan. No, I'm so <laughs> outraged. So outraged. Okay. <laughs> so because the plots are similar enough we're not going to do a whole lot of walkthrough obviously we start in london in our respective time zones and we have a roger who is either a song composer or a video game designer which relatively speaks to the same sort of layabout creative that we want to portray here, right? Right, but, like, I don't see why they had to change it. Because I love, I love the, the through line of struggling songwriter writes this song about an evil person, and then that's what, like, gets him fame. Like, I love that the song that he writes about Corrella Bill. Oh, yeah, and it's And, like, good. that song is such a good song. Like, it why? Is good. Who needs, this is a stupid video game. <laughs> So, speaking of merch, if we looked it up, uh, and I don't have to, because I am nearly positive because we had the game. Yeah, I was I, gonna, it's like one of the many impossible, I'm sure there was an impossible level on it, uh-huh. 90s video games based on movies, right? Right. And I think the game did actually come out at the same time as the film did, which was like their merch tied yeah. through. So that was fine. But, like, the video game is bad and Disney should feel bad. <laughs> maybe maybe that's why they spell it weird. They don't actually want you to watch want this movie. To watch they it. want you to forget that they this movie They made a existed. sequel, though. I know. I know. They, they they must have made some money off of it. Probably more off the video game than they did <laughs> off the film, but... So, we have the park incident, which but is... But I have to say that the opening, again, this is another spot where the live action just really suffers in comparison to the cartoon, because the opening has everything coming from Pongo. And uh -huh. I love when he is staring out the window looking for a partner for oh God, his pet. Oh, God, it's such a good scene. And you no, get, like, that, that iconic... Her. And they all match. Yes. I love that they match. It's yeah, the just... iconic matching pairs. I love it, you know? I and will you, you note that there, while the 1961 version is sexist as fuck, it's not at all racist because as far as you know, there are no black people. <laughs> well, that's Disney in 1961. <laughs> I just, I, I felt like that one, the the 1996 version is pretty whitewashed, too. Well, yeah, and so that's it. Like, we talked about it before we started. In 
1996 version, um, Anita, is her name still Anita in the uh-huh. 1996 version? Okay. Uh-huh. Anita and Cruella, Cruella is her boss. She works for like a, fa- it's a fashion house? Yeah. Okay. And she's having a conversation with her boss about how she'll never leave to go to another company. She'd only ever leave to get married or for her family or something like that, she says. 19... And 1996. 1996. What the fuck? I can't... It's so regressive. And then she takes a leave of absence to get married in the first place because Cruella comes over and she says, but haven't you gotten the designs I've been sending in? Because I'm working from home... Because I'm getting married. I, I, I it don't know, y'all. It doesn't make sense y'all. to me. And, wow. and then you had brought up, so the whole, like, the plot is that these are two people that are, like, not destitute, but struggling. They're not comfortable. Like, they money is an issue. I don't know why they have a nanny or maid or whatever we're calling nanny. Um, but here we are, you know? Like, they just uh, don't yeah, have Yeah, I don't know how money. we afford nanny either, but we can but afford whatever. nanny. It's fine. <laughs> but believable in the cartoon not believable in the the live action because the house that they live in is like literally a multi-million dollar house in London. Their wedding is extravagant, beyond mm-hmm. extravagant. They've got like a full host of bridesmaids and um like flower girls and mm-hmm. ring bearers or whatever they call them in England. I know it's different, but like whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Well, and it's in the Church a cathedral, of England, yeah. In the full cathedral. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not something that you get to just, like... Juxtaposed with the wedding scene from the cartoon, they're both just wearing nice suits, and it's the two mm-hmm. of them and a minister. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I believe that the, this is a struggling couple. I do not believe that this is a struggling couple. They get their money from somewhere, generational wealth, I'm assuming, because at the end, they buy that ridiculous estate and paint it polka-dotted. Paint it polka dotted, and then they never fix any of the dogs. No, they've I, got hundreds of dogs. I'm gonna bitch about that a lot because Dalmatian plantation. We, we we can't we can't bother to spay or neuter our pets at all. But oh, okay, Jesus. but I want to be done with the live action for a little while because I really love the cartoon version of this movie, and I don't want it to like keep coming back in and like defeating my love of the cartoon version of this movie so we have the introductory scene (laughs) where pongo is telling the story of how he meets his human needs to meet someone Mm -hmm. right his pet needs to meet someone he's testing the wares they go for a walk we fall in the water and then it's a meet cute it is as, a me- as me cute as a meat cute gets. I in about love, what? Ten minutes? Like yeah, that's the first yeah. ten minutes. And that's of the all movie? I needed it to be. Mm-hmm. I don't need it to be drawn out. Give me ten minutes and I'm good. Like mm-hmm. you got it. You hit all the notes you needed to hit. I love the humanity and like the um the personality in the animation of the faces of the dogs. Like I Pongo is amazing. Like it's just so well done and like so much anime like so much personality in the way that he's animated because he feels human but he he's also absolutely a dog there is some i would take issue with like 
learned feminine helplessness in Perdita, but it's 1961, and I'll give it a slight What were, were there, like, specific instances of that? Um, the one that comes to mind the most is Pongo. What are we going to do? Like, here, big, strong man. So oh, like, after Cruella me. comes yeah, and she's yeah. hiding? Yeah. I mean, I took that more to be, like, I mean, she has, like, a, a for as far as we know, in that scene when Cruella comes because she found out that they're going to have puppies and she's trying to, like, find... She thinks the puppies are already there because apparently Cruella is, like, an imbecile um, and doesn't that realize... That fairly carried through in <laughs> yeah. both films, at least. There's what not a whole so lot of stupid. thought here. But... Um, so she thinks the puppies are already there and she goes and tries to buy the puppies off of... Um, John and Anita? I keep forgetting their names. Roger. Roger, Roger. and Anita. John Darling is from um, Lady and the Tramp. Yes. <laughs> well, anyways, Roger and Anita. And, you know, she gets turned down. And for all we know, this is this is done. This conversation is over. They're not going to buy the puppies. And so I took it more as, like, this is poor, like, emotional Perdita is, like, due at any day she's like three weeks away from giving birth to puppies she doesn't know it at the time she's got 15 of them like she's just she's just she knows she's got a lot of legs kicking around in there though can you i like that they never show her as pregnant they they don't they don't always looks great no but but they don't not show her as pregnant either because i paid attention the second time i watched it from the point that she like so first she announces it to pongo and they're Uh in the window and you don't really see her but it's early so even if you did okay fine but then when she's in that scene she's completely covered you never see her you never see her you only see like her front quarter you don't see the big bulging 60 legs (laughs) and 15 (laughs) tails that are going on I mean, it must have looked like something out of the Alien films. Like, especially holy with, like, crap, all that movement. Especially with, like, um, a Dalmatian, because they're like a slim dog. Right. You know? <laughs> that is an excessively large litter, yeah. even for dogs. Like, I would... I, I would have to look it up, but I feel like most average litter sizes, even for l- dogs who are bred, are yeah. usually what in the six to eight. I have no range? idea, but um, I guess so. This, um, so the story, the book that this is based on, the author actually did have Dalmatians, and she did have a litter of fifteen. Um, and somebody actually did, and so her whole idea for it came from somebody made a comment about how they would love to make a fur coat out of Dalmatian. And so, like, that's what... That's where the whole thing came from. Because, I mean, they were, they are pretty. They're soft. They are, the puppies (laughs) are. The full-grown adults have pretty wiry fur. Yeah. But that's why she needed 99 puppies and not 50 adults. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. <laughs> okay. So what so so they steal the puppies and that scene's pretty much the same in mm-hmm. both films. But the midnight bark, man. I love it. I, I love all the I animal personalities. Like I just oh, it's my favorite. I want it makes me want to go back and watch all of the Disney animated 
animals in cities movies. I don't know like what else to call I was that. really drawn to like after this. Like, can I go watch the Aristocats? Aristocats, now? Oliver and the Company, Rescuers, all <laughs> yeah. of those films. I love it. Animal right. societies within human societies. Mm-hmm. I think, and it's different than like a Zootopia. You know, that's or like, even a Ratatouille in yeah. the way yes. that, that they. They, they told it so completely differently back in yeah. the day with this particular class of film. And I can't really articulate why it's so magical, mm-hmm. but it is. Mm-hmm. The dogs all have personalities. All the animals have very distinct personalities. You can really feel like somebody took the time to mm-hmm. understand the way these animals behaved before and as they were drawn. Mm-hmm. Like... So I'll get back to Sergeant Tips because holy crap, that cat is amazing in the way that he pads around mm-hmm. the stairways. You can see him navigating for like loose steps and stuff. Yeah. It's all very. No dog is going to sneak in anywhere in the way that Sergeant Tibbs right. managed to sneak That's and find those dogs. Uniquely cat abilities. It really was. And they drew it so well. And you could see... So they did... Because I am not a dog person. I am a cat person. Yeah, I'm a cat person too. And the, <laughs> the scene where he is trying to fit himself through the, the hole in the uh-huh. wall, like, they actually drew his whiskers on the sides mm-hmm. of his face, compressing down to get yeah. himself, like, such remarkable animation. Right, right. Um, so, when I was initially taking my notes for this, I, I, I felt really strongly about, like, the whole community around, like, the Midnight Bark and, or the Twilight Bark and, like, that whole network, and I couldn't really put a finger on what it reminded me of, but it was definitely, like, evocative of, like, a strong feeling and, and an emotion for me, and I, I nailed it down right now. It really reminds me of a movie like Children of Men, where you have like a whole community um, coming together to like get people from point A to point B. Um, have you seen Children of Men? Oh yeah, and I just okay. got chills because I know. the way that you describe yeah, there's Children of Men is probably top ten movies. Of Absolutely, all time for so me. good, so good. If you haven't seen it, I think we've already said this. Oh, once. I'm sure if you we've said this seen before. It, because turn really... us off right now and go watch Children of Men, please. It's such a great movie, but like it really reminds me of that journey, mm-hmm. like with the un- like an underground network mm-hmm. getting somebody to safety. Mm-hmm. And in this way, in the animated version, the story carries. We get all the way out to how the story Hall. carries because the animals talk right i hate that whole sequence in the live action movie it was so bad it's awful so bad and all the magic gone i just i couldn't believe how Mm -hmm. butchered it was and you know and i felt like they tried with the introduction of like the raccoons Mm -hmm. and the skunk and they were little but it doesn't matter Without that actual vocal communication of what the dogs are thinking... There's no humanity in the animals in that Mm -hmm. version. They feel like, and they come across as trained animals. It's not... It doesn't bring in any of that. 
I mean, and then the rest of the story, at least in the animated version, so we have the Twilight Bark come back to London and Pongo and Purdy, and then they leave, they go travel. Mm-hmm. It's a very harrowing journey. Right? And this is another instance where they could have totally drawn this part out, but it's mm-hmm. short. And you still get, it comes through, like, that this was, like, a harrowing journey. Mm-hmm. They go through that river, that rushing mm-hmm. river. But I feel like if this movie was made today, this would be, like, a half-hour sequence. <laughs> and I would my I would lose interest. My kid would lose interest. We would just be like, all right, whatever. So the original movie, do we know how long it is? Because it's not long. It's not long at all. It's less than an hour and a half. One hour and 19 minutes. So short. Yeah. So and I mean, that, you have to, that includes opening credits and ending mm-hmm. credits. Mm-hmm. But so good. And my kids still love this movie. Mm-hmm. They will sit and most of the original animated versions carry interest in ways that the newer ones are harder mm-hmm. pressed to do unless it's got an amazing story and even the ones with good stories and what's coming to mind right now is like Moana Mm -hmm. it's longer the -hmm. story is more complex Mm -hmm. but also not really like it's Moana on the ocean Mm -hmm. like that's that's the movie that's the genesis Moana leaves the island Moana is on the ocean Moana saves the world there is not Mm -hmm. much complicated plot lines in in and even what there is like the Kakamora or whatever is not a long drown out it's a pretty short scene Mm -hmm. you know I, I and feel that's like you're the right. only side plot in that movie that's not actually relevant to mm-hmm. the through line of the story. But the rest, man, when, and it's even, it's especially not Disney. They try and tell adult stories to kids, but they mm-hmm. leave out weird shit that you then can't follow. Right. Right. A hundred and an hour and nineteen minutes. That's all it takes. That's seventy nine minutes to mm-hmm. tell a story from beginning to end for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have the rescue, and then we have then there's the stuff that the dogs did that they don't do in the live action. Right. That were so meaningful. Like when they. They turn themselves the sun- into Labradors. Yeah, I oh, love, I love that. the Labradors. And then it's so tense, that scene, when mm-hmm. they're trying to get into the um, the wagon. Mm-hmm. And then when they start losing their coloring and mm-hmm. Cruella notices, that's a really tense scene. It's tense, but it's also still a quick scene. Mm-hmm. Like, it's tense but quick, and that's fine. Because it it gives them that little bit of anxiety, mm-hmm. like, what's going to happen here? But it happens so quickly, relatively. I also, like, there's also not a whole lot of resolution for the animated villains. We have Cruella hitting Jasper and Horace, and then that's the end. There's mm-hmm. not... I think there might be something about jail in a news... But I don't even I think can't that remember. comes... I don't think that ever happens. There, They do like tie up that story in the live action right so 
<laughs> a silly thing I thought of during the live action is the way that the puppies get home by the live action movie is that the cops bring them there mm-hmm. and they're like nobody is called about these other what 70 some dogs and why don't you just take them <laughs> here have evidence if you don't it's take fine. them don't if you don't them. take them we'll take them to the pound but like are you telling me that of like the cavalcade of police officers not a single one of them was like i'd love a puppy <laughs> Right? There's so many cops there. Not a single one of them went, oh my god, I've fallen in love with this dog. No, you can't have it. I'm sorry. You're you're only getting 98 puppies today. So unrealistic. All of it. All the way through. And I just... Man. So bad. So bad. So, okay. Do we have any more relative complaints about... (laughs) (laughs) I think I hit all my big ones. Oh, no. No, wait. The testicular electrocution scene. I have to complain about that. Oh, that happens in... In the live action, when they're crossing the electric fence. Because I totally tune out during that entire scenario. Like, all of that. Because I just don't care. I don't need to see... No, you don't care because it's the Home Alone sequence. It's stupid. So, they're going to jump over the electrical fence. And they stack these logs on them. And then go they both swing a leg over and then they drop because the logs predictably roll out you know Mm -hmm. like logs round objects tend to do and then horace and jasper are on this electrical fence with the fence between their legs i'm like (laughs) which is shortly afterwards when the cops roll up and they go oh warm car i'm happy to be here no they say we're saved yeah But really, sometimes, like that, I feel like that one was maybe a little bit too far. Too much. Just just a little too much. (laughs) The paint cans to the face, we can deal with all of those in our home alone fashion, whatever. The holes that you rigged up, that raccoons rigged Mm -hmm. up. Really terribly, like... The booby traps that animals were running were, like, (laughs) I don't understand. so (laughs) stupid. (laughs) Like, they made the animals smart in ways that animals aren't smart, and then made them stupid in ways (laughs) that animals actually aren't stupid. I could not. And through it all, they don't talk. No, I just... Hate it. (laughs) whatever it's so bad it's this is we'll we'll get there but i'm already saying my first one star i have a five star and a one star in this week's episode because that's how bad okay it's awful it's truly awful um on my blubberability scale even in the terrible live action version i still cried when Lucky came back to life. That, that's just always well, going to be my personal yeah, that's soft spot, like a, I think. But yeah. That's relevant to you. Yes. Um, for me, if, I, if you catch me in the right mood, the scene where they're walking through the snow 
and Lucky is like, my nose is cold, cold. my tail, tail is, is cold, cold. and my they're all, oh, they're cold. so cold, and then the shepherd comes and, like, tells him he's got, like, a warm oh, yeah, that for them, does and then they, too. all the puppies turn around, and they're, like, and they've got, like, the miserable haunches down, and they're oh, yeah. freezing cold, and they turn around, and then they go, and there's the warm barn, and they get the milk. Like, I would cry on the right, like, if you catch me on the right day, I'm going to cry there. <laughs> uh, yeah, i cry there, too. Any day. It doesn't matter which is the right day. The, the live action does not capture that one no. evocatively well at all, because... Because the um, animals don't talk. Because the animals don't talk. But even if the animals were talking i don't think they'd have gotten it right no, there anyway because there's just something about the misery in that yeah. scene that was so well drawn just so well drawn um no one alive should watch the live action version as far as i'm concerned but i certainly would not allow my younger than six or eights Mm-mm. to watch that one um even for no other reason now than all of Cruella DeVille's cigarettes smoking. Like, yeah. it's incessant. In the animated version, yeah, Roger has a pipe. That's fine. But but Cruella... And I think she has the she thing, but you don't, she's thing. not in the movie as much. She's not... I mean, you see the smoke, and it, it's waved around, and, and, like, that's a part of her initial character. But it's not... And I also think, too, like, kids these days don't... and Especially animated have no idea what that thing is mm-hmm. you know what i mean like have you ever seen somebody smoking out of one of those before outside of like a movie the long cigarettes yeah yeah but i'm a theater person so i, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say i had an eccentric grandma <laughs> theater people like them the people used to s- you would reason. smoke out of them because they wouldn't stain your fingers right but, they like, I think the length of them getting ridiculous is just, like, an affectation. Well, and <laughs> theoretically, supposedly, this is false, by the way, but I'm telling you what they thought at the time, that the longer the stem, the less smoke and therefore badness you were inhaling. <laughs> That's so stupid. I know. I can't. I'm just, I'm repeating the yeah. non-factual information of advertisements of the time, okay? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I certainly wouldn't let uh, a kid under the age of six watch the live action, and I don't. The but the animated is fine. I think. I would say like I'd have a similar. I mean, I'm not gonna probably let my kid watch it because I don't see him having any interest in it, and I'm not gonna watch it. So like, mm-hmm. you know, there's no impetus there. Mm-hmm. But um, I would have the same kind of like mindset on when it's appropriate as i do with home alone i guess (laughs) it's a rough one honestly like there's not good (laughs) and the violence of both of those films is so casual like we feel affectation for home alone because we love that movie but the violence in it is so casual i don't really actually want my kids ingesting it and getting and going oh yeah that's a good idea it's like tangled with that fucking frying pan, right? Like Okay. Halloween costumes. I don't recall I mean there's been stuffed dogs. There's I was been... absolutely one of the 101 Dalmatians for Halloween when I was 9. Okay, well there you go. Continue to be the 101th 
hundred and tooth Dalmatian. It's fine. Like, of all the Halloween costumes you could go ahead and adopt, this one's fine. This one's fine. Be a dog. It's cool. Be any of the dogs. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, you could have... <sighs> You could be Dress your little kid. kid up as, like, Cruella DeVille, but why? I've actually seen I Cruella DeVille costumes. I know. And She's truly awful. They really, they all look terrible because... No, she is truly awful. So well, no, but the, so, but the costume is awful, too. And I do take issue with it as a costume, especially for young girls, mm-hmm. because the dress is pretty slinky. Yeah. There's that massive fur coat, but mm-hmm. it's over-sexualized for small children. Mm-hmm. And then many of them do include that stupid fucking cigar. What is it called? Uh, it's a cigarette holder is actually what I think it's just called. called a cigarette. It's holder. just called a cigarette holder. Okay. Someone's welcome to correct me if I'm wrong, as I often am. We have an email. <laughs> Please address. let us I'll know. I'll tell you at the end. But, yeah, I don't find Cruella appropriate for a Halloween costume, no. Not because she can't be appropriated, but because she's not appropriate. <laughs> for anyone. For anyone. anyone, at any time, there's nothing redeeming about not her. Not even wasps should wear it. No. Even I though just, that's actually what she must be. Yeah, in, <laughs> except for the Protestant part. Right. She right. was probably, is, is Wassa? <laughs> is that a white Anglo-Saxon Anglican? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I don't know if that's a thing. The it may sentiment now be is a there. Thing. <laughs> I've made it a thing now. I mean, there's got to be a name for like in England somebody who like grows up in like the boarding school set. I just don't know what it is. Minor, minor nobility. That's probably not. I mean, because well, her family does have like she's landed. landed. Yeah. But there's, but <laughs> even in royal watching circles, they'll tell you there's degrees. Yeah, right? yeah. like hmm, so she's but landed, but she's not titled. She huh. titled. They're not calling her like Duchess uh-uh. Cruella. <laughs> and you know, you know, just can tell with every fiber of your being that if that was the case, you would be on your knees addressing her as Duchess, right? Like, that would that would have just been built in matter-of-factly. I don't know. Don't wear, don't wear the Cruella de Vil costume. Just because it's not dress your a kids good costume. in the Cruella de Vil costume. Pick Everybody a different Disney villain. Pick a, pick a different... <laughs> So, okay, I've already said my scores. They're not really surprising. I have a five, I have a one. What do you got? I think I'm going to give this one a five, too. And a zero. A five and a zero. Do, do we have zeros? Is that allowed? We can, I mean, I guess we're making up our own rating scale. So if, if you want to give it a zero. A five and a zero. Amazon would not accept your rating. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm not Amazon. No, you're not Amazon. <laughs> But you are the keeper of our rating scale. So in that way, as you type it up in Notion, now it's an acceptable rating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is this our first five? Um, Universal five? I think so. No, we gave Moana Universal oh, five. Oh, I think we gave oh, Moana. Oh, and Into the Spider-Verse, too. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm okay with it being with those. Yeah, this seems like good company for it to be in, honestly. 
This yeah. is, it's, you know, it's a, it's a good, quick little story and it's mm -hmm. worth watching and I like that my kids watch it and I don't care that it's old and outdated because the parts that are, are not, uh, they're outdated in ways that my kids just don't have reference for Right, them. right. And I don't think that they're like, um, yeah, exactly. It's not like a blatant outdated dated mm -mm. movie. It's not like the kind of movie where your kid is going to draw conclusions from it and then act on those conclusions. No, but if my eight-year-old hears a woman say right. live-action film, no, actually, when I get married, I'm going to quit my job, mm -hmm. that one will resonate. Thank right. you very much. Yeah. Holy crap. I just... I, I still... I, my jaw dropped when mm -hmm. I heard that earlier this week, and I re-listened to it because I rewatched the live-action version this morning before we recorded, and I'm like, no, it's still that bad. It's yeah, no, still it's that awful. bad. Mm -hmm. Yep. No good. Okay. I think that's it, though. You got any other random complaints you'd like to make? Or pra complaints? Praise? Y you've got options. That's fine. Yeah. So we have some corrections for and additional information for our Zootopia episode. Um, we were wondering why it was called Zootropolis in the UK. And Briar, you looked into that. What was? Yeah, this is because they felt like it that day. I mean, <laughs> there's no reason. This is Disney <laughs> at like at its heart. This is Disney. Why does Disney do anything? Because Disney felt like it that day. Yeah. So it's not as good of a reason as why Moana has a different name. No, no. That one <laughs> actually is valid. Yeah. But Zootropolis... I, like, no. And I looked and looked and looked. And production value... The, the only thing I could come up with was because they thought it would sound funny. I'm not even kidding you here. They thought it would sound funny as spoken by the British audience. All right. Well, then. The other... We, um, we, were, we weren't sure... When the first time Judy calls the crocuses by their Latin name was, mm -hmm. um, because that's kind of key to the to whole that storyline. Right? Yes. Well, she does in fact call them by their um, Latin name mm -hmm. when she has that first meeting with Chief Bogo after she chases down. Okay. Um, okay. So she the, knew the whole. The weasel, she yeah. had the name the whole time. Yeah, Chief Bogo calls them moldy onions. Like, why did you do all this for a bunch of moldy onions? And she says to him that actually they're a crocus varietal called Mincampium holisthetius. They're a class C botanical, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then timeline-wise, um, because the Arctic shrew that is the godfather's daughter gets married, and then when Judy comes back, she's pregnant... Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, so what, like, how long was she oh, that right, for? Oh, right, right. How long is a shrew pregnant An arctic for? shrew is pregnant for 17 days. Poor fucking things. Like... And then in more arctic shrew information, <laughs> thank you for subscribing to arctic shrew facts. We'll um, subscribe. <laughs> we were wondering if they were carnivores. And uh, according to Wikipedia, they eat insects, worms, and small invertebrates, with a large proportion of their diet coming from larch sawflies. 
Though Arctic shrews in captivity have been fed dead voles, fly pupa, and mealworms. So voles are another, like, small rodent. So yeah, I would say they're carnivores. Uh, yeah. And they're definitely predators, then. With those teeth and everything. Not yeah. that that's really a surprise, but... But 17 days. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I feel bad for the vole. Like, can <laughs> you imagine the gestation <laughs> process going in 17, 17 days? It sounds nice unless you've been pregnant and then you realize <laughs> what's happening to your body. Like, you may as well be the alien host right. for something <laughs> in 17 days. That's not even a month. That's a little over two weeks. Yes. Like, that's, that's going from nothing to pushing out of an arctic shrew which i'm sure is like most rats probably mostly hairless and blind but mm -hmm. they're you know mobile so god no <laughs> like my innards just are kind of crawling at the idea yeah 17 so. days so if you guys come across anything that we need to make corrections on, or if you have information that we don't have, please let us know. How can you get a hold of us? <laughs> we are theoretically on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at latchkeymovies.com. One of these days, you should like the page. Just drop by, like the page. We have like four subscribers on all of our... Like, just <laughs> pretend. Pretend you like us, Okay. <laughs> You can call us at 402-885-4875, or you can email us, latchkeymovies at gmail.com. Please, for the love of God, subscribe, give us a review. Oh, we're not that desperate, but I would like it, perhaps, if you left us an <laughs> iTunes review. I'm not going to pay you, though. And that's all we've got, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.